the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Frank Sinatra. I know this one. (laughs) You know, a a lot of people could probably be singing this song. Welcome to November, by the way, Karen. Oh, jeez. What a welcome. You got your winter coat on this morning, Karen? Yes. Um, You know what? Actually, I can't find it, so I had to grab another coat. That's not mine. So a lot of people can start singing. They probably could be singing the song. Let's start with uh, one of the earlier Democratic debates, Karen. Kamala Harris, she's kind of faded. Your plan, by contrast, leaves out almost 10 million Americans. For a Democrat to be running for president with a plan that does not cover everyone, I think is without excuse. $30 trillion has to ultimately be paid. And I don't know what math you do in New York. I don't know what math you do where you in California. But I tell you, that's a lot of money. First of all, Mr. Vice President, it's like one Castro. He's a he's gone. He may show up at the Twinsburg Festival with his brother. Cory Booker, Kerry, he doesn't have a chance. I hope not. Ooh, I like that. When you said when a woman works outside, Kristen Gilbert, she already dropped out. The deterioration of family, and that we are avoiding. These are quotes. It was the title of the op-ed. So you know. That, see that? There you go, Gary. See, you know, I don't, I don't know. Joe Biden is the one who we don't know if he's leading the pack or not, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe between him and Elizabeth Warren. Um, but the idea is, you know, I don't know if if his med, you know, his approach to health care is going to, uh, you know, win the, you know, the the pandering of the Bernie Sanders Medicare for all, which Elizabeth Warren has now, you know, jumped on board. Yeah, it was all uh, over the headlines on Friday. Yeah, right. And now we'll talk a little bit about her. Now, <laughs> remember, she remember he heard Joe Biden talk about the thirty some, you know, trillion it's going to cost. Oh, uh, that he's a little uh, under. Well, no, I mean Elizabeth <laughs> says no, she can do it for twenty something. Well, I but, thought, uh, yeah, I I saw the latest thing on Friday afternoon was fifty two trillion. Well, I. Well, 
Well, I don't know. That is that someone just the, under fifty-two trillion. Well, that, is that another think tank that's saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Elizabeth Warren's plan says she can do it for twenty-some trillion. <laughs> well, I don't um, know, twenty trillion, I, but, I mean, thirty trillion. Is, uh, and you just can't even get your head around that. No, and and you know, so we'll see. Uh, they they all got a plan. Um, but you know, What's I don't it gonna know. Cost you okay? So we we uh, you know we'll talk about you know the healthcare crisis. I guess you could call it. Well, certainly, Carrie. Part of that is the long-term care crisis that this country is facing. Right. And so, one of the things that you haven't maybe perhaps heard too much about, you know, I heard a lot about you know, the uh, Medicare for all and, and the idea. And I mean, the numbers are staggering. I mean, you know, I mean, right now, Carrie, November 1st, here, here we are. So mm-hmm. the, it's open enrollment now on right. the Affordable Care Exchange, you know, exchanges, right? right? And you have until December 15th if you, if you are doing that. So you got November 1st and December 15th, open enrollment on the exchanges. But you know, we also, you know, we, we we had a lot of financial data come out this week. You know, one of them was, you know, I caught that that there are now what 158 million Americans working, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's an all time high. So this Medicare for all, just think about that a minute for Carrie. It's going to say that we're going to kick those 158 million, or however many right. of them are on an employer sponsored healthcare plan. The great majority are right. right. We're going to kick them all off that plan, off those employer plans, and then get them on this new Medicare for all. Everyone signed up, ready to go in four years. I don't think so. I don't want it. Well, can you even implement that, Carrie? No. I mean, I think it's How do you get 158 million Americans all signed up for a new Medicare for All plan that's never been... uh, Remember how much trouble we had when they were were rolling the exchange out? And and I don't think that was quite 158 million. Right. I I just think there's too many people like myself that want choices in health care. I don't want to be forced on a government plan. I want choices. My family has circumstances that I want the flexibility to make those choices in open enrollment. I mean, in some companies like um, plans allow you to like for my based on my circumstance, I pay more premium because I pay for a better plan, but I'm paying more out of pocket for that. I want to be able to choose and have choices. I don't want to be forced. I don't want the government they always say the saying about the government doesn't do anything right. I certainly don't right. want them to mess with my health care. Every time they get involved, I saw some statistics this week on the government. And since I forgot how are the science and math scores keep going down since 19, was it 80 something? They've gone down considerably, but we've put more money in education from the government. And that really hasn't made much of a difference. Yeah. We're so far behind. Right. So, well, Carrie, don't, I, I don't I'm already started, but why don't you get us started? All right. Here? I was going to say good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are a financial educational radio talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. Between 9 and 10, we're here to give you helpful information about different issues that can impact your financial life and talking to th- um, you about issues um, that you may be hearing about and coming back down things you can control and things you can't control and how that relates to um, having a plan for yourself so that you know what you need to do, whether you're working and thinking about that future retirement date um, or somebody who's in retirement and maybe you're worried about spending um, financial disruptors like rising health care costs, inflation, market volatility, future taxes, um, long-term care stay, you know, all these things and how they come together um, and what choices that you have. And um, certainly by looking at these issues, there are plenty of opportunities that exist that people often miss out on because they don't know. 
Um, I was thinking about a case this week, a, a couple that he's been retired for. He took an early retirement. Um, he has about a million in an IRA and the wife has a pension through STRS and they've been doing good, but they came in. Um, he doesn't actually have to take his minimum required distribution to 2020. They thought they're fine. They're not running out of money. They're doing the spending, but they came in recently and we did some analysis and they were missing an opportunity to take money from the IRA because they were just deferring to minimum required distribution. We spent a lot of time on this, but this was a recent case and they could have been taking it out at a very low tax bracket now because they've waited. They have a million dollar IRA. They were going to take it in 2020. It's going to throw them over some of those tax brackets. They also have some investments and other things. They didn't realize their Medicare B premiums might go up. I mean, um, so they're missing an opportunity. They thought they were fine. And that's what we bring to light in planning. Maybe you're okay. Could you be better? Uh, you know, it's again, using opportunities that exist. And the estate planning team has been around more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. We are traditional Ohio registered fiduciary planners. Um, I like how Mark's been saying that is that we do not manage our clients' investments, assets, or inv- and we don't do investments. Our clients either do their own investments or we work closely with their existing investment advisors through the coordination plan. We build those custom financial plans for people. And that's what we've been doing for a very long time. Yeah, we're very active planners. You know, one of the things is you, and we think you need to be active. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult in, in the volatility that we're seeing and all the headlines and everything else, you know, but a lot of that are things that are totally beyond your control. All right. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you know, be so much worried about all these things that are beyond your control. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to work and actively work on things that are within your control. And that's where, you know, the idea is, you know, you don't ask your neighbor what their plan is or you don't ask. It's not your parents plan. Right. And it's not your coworkers plan. You know, you, I don't know what their circumstances are. you got to sharpen your own elbows and say, what should I be doing and what mm-hmm. questions do I need to be asking my other advisors? Am I getting a coordinated plan? And are, are, is my team of, of professionals working on solutions to the issues I'm facing? And what are you worried about? And sometimes people come in with a major wor- worry that isn't really a worry. And we do offer a free consultation. Um, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, and we have offices around the greater Cleveland area. You can also visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. We have podcasts and other helpful information. All right, you listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And that's certainly, uh, you know, over those decades, we've had to deal or had, you know, many, many times with the presidential candidates' campaign promises. And what I always, you know, remind our listeners and our clients is you can't get too caught up in presidential candidates' campaign promises, especially if you, you know, if one of the two parties in in political uh, arenas don't have enough control to really enough votes to make things happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, That's why it's very difficult 
to get permanent, you know, changes through, especially when you're dealing with tax laws or or certainly a Medicare for all type of, uh, you, you know, you know, change from, you know, what the current health care in this country is doing. Um, but, you know, and again, w- w- one of the things I had mentioned, Carrie, is that, you know, part of Bernie Sanders and now Elizabeth Warren's Medicare for all is the idea that that is going to cover all our long term care expenses, that we don't have to worry about that anymore. All right. Um, now, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? I was going to say then I would think those budgets are under estimated if it's saying it includes the long-term care um you know and and that and and, and how do you predict i guess you're assuming you're gonna i think the health care is really hard um it's unpredictable because you don't i don't know what health issues i may have 10 years from now 20 years from now or things that it, i think it's a it's a hard thing to predict right. what future costs yeah. will be i don't um, Okay, um, one of the potentially biggest health care costs for older Americans, long-term care. The average annual cost of a private nursing home room now tops 100000 We certainly have clients who are paying more than that, Carrie, but I would say that's a fine number to, you know, for a private nursing home, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, you, know, the, the, you know, here's the, you know, though Sanders has been talking about Medicare all for years, he added long-term care to his signature universal single-payer blueprint in his Medicare for All. Uh, you know, okay. And Cory Booker, you know, you heard him on the on the cut earlier uh Kristen Gillibrand she was on the cut she's already dropped up Kamala Harris still in the race she backs it and Elizabeth Warren who some people think is the leading candidate right now um backs this plan right um great okay um Sanders Medicare for all would generally speaking eliminate the current mix of government Medicare and Medicaid program primarily for low American low-income Americans and private health insurance systems it would replace them with one program paid by the government and funded with high Higher taxes. Uh, well, that's, see, that's, higher taxes. That, that's the million dollar question, or that maybe we should say the trillion dollar question. You know, how much? You know, and and so you know the the idea is now when you're throwing in, you know, um, you know, nursing. Okay, so under S- Sanders' version of Medicare for all, Medicaid would continue covering institutional services such as care in skilled nursing homes. Um, Today, you are eligible for Medicaid long-term care if you have very low income and meager assets. Um, The specific rules are set by each state. The Sanders plan does not say who would receive Medicaid benefits for nursing home care. So, again, it's like the... Gray and fuzzy? um, Not spelled out? Um, you know, the, but, you know, most of the experts agree that, you know, you, there's something because right now the numbers are staggering. Right. Um, if you look at, you know, the numbers carry and all right. So, you know, we've all heard that statistic, you know, 10,000 baby boomers a day are right. turning 65. Well, really, Pew Research gave us that statistic back in 2011. So now let's we're up a few years. Right. So now okay. the oldest ones are turning about age 73 in another dozen years. They're going to be turning 85. Right. So that so in another 12 years, about, you know, 10,000 a day are start, turning 85, which is generally the time you need this type of uh, convalescent care. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the expenses start, you know, starting. Um, but let's say not even 10,000 may. It. Let's say there's only 8,000, right, you know, that make it um, to 85. And let's say, you know, know, current statistics tell us that 70% of us are going to need some type of, you know, convalescent care. All right. So let's, do you have the government calculator? carry there we're going to need that the today fancy the one, one. The one to do the fuzzy math you know the extra digits um all right so at let's say eight thousand let's say seventy percent so eight thousand times seven that's fifty six hundred 
So we're saying 5,600 a day, you know, start checking in to some type of facility. You know, 365 days a year, right? That's uh, 5,600 times 365. That's 2,044,000 a year. Carrie, 2,044,000 a year are looking to, you know, either go into a facility or home or something. And it's going to be that 2,044,000 a year for 19 straight years. And and money as far as we have, well, maybe that explains why every time you turn around, um, some empty lot is turning into a senior living or nursing home or assisted care facility. Yeah, but, but but the bigger issue is how to staff. Well, who's going to take care? Yeah, right. Who? Who? They're already short staffed. Um, and so are you know, um, and underpaid. Now, so you know, it is a huge issue, but. So Elizabeth Warren, who, you know, really the rest of the Democratic candidates went after her at the last debate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she finally, you know, and they're all saying, come out with some numbers. You know, you, you heard, you know, Joe Biden saying, well, are you kidding me? 30 trillion. Where is that going to come from? So <clears throat> Elizabeth Warren did come out with some numbers. Right. Okay. Um, the plan would redirect most employee based health care spending to the government. So it put all Americans, uh, you know, so it can put all Americans in Medicare while slapping a wave of taxes on larger corporations and the wealthy, cracking down on tax evasion, reducing defense spending and putting new newly legalized immigrants on the tax rolls. OK, um, so she's saying, no, it's not you know, it's not the Urban Institute's, you know, thirty four trillion dollar price tag. It's only going to cost uh, twenty point five trillion over 10 years. Mm. OK, um, so how did she get to, how does she get to that twenty point five trillion? Well, she's going to raise eight point eight trillion by redirecting ninety percent of current employer based health insurance spending to the government. It sounds how does that work? I don't really get how that works. I guess what she's saying is because. The companies don't have to pay for health insurance anymore. We can just tax them instead. But that's still not going to be enough. Because they're going to report more income because they're not going to be reporting the health care deduction. So we're just going to collect the, the revenue from the coffers, right? Well, that's just $8.8 trillion of the cost, Gary. Another $1.4 trillion through the tax revenue generated by the higher incomes of workers who no longer have to pay insurance premiums. So now they're saying, okay, so, you know, the workers, are, are you know, since they don't have to pay insurance premiums, they're going to have more, I guess, in taxable income. So that's going to increase there. So it sounds like a you know, a backhanded tax break to me. I mean, it's like, well, you don't have to pay for health insurance premiums, but since you now have more taxable income, we'll just tax it. Um, she's going to shed an additional $6.8 trillion through new taxes on financial firms. Okay, you know... Um, Corporations and the top one percent of earners. Okay, um, uh, she'd bring in another two point three trillion through stricter foreign tax compliance, introducing a country by country minimum tax on foreign earnings of thirty five percent. That sounds easy to implement, doesn't it, Carrie? Um, oh, and then then the, the little you know four hundred billion, five hundred billion here and there, Carrie. It all adds up, right? So right. another four hundred billion by legalizing um, undocumented immigrants and requiring them to pay taxes, and then she's going to oh you know, because you can monitor, make them pay taxes. And if you then aren't the undocumented immigrants going to add more people to our health care system and burden and short doctors? And yeah, and then she's going to find another 800 billion by scrapping the overseas contingency operations fund, which is basically an accounting wow. gimmick used by both parties to count but unspent I, defense money as. But, uh, but I would like to know, is, is funny, she going to go on that plan? Math. Is she going to do on that plan? I think it was Biden's campaign manager. 
I'm guessing, because I don't know in the article and I couldn't follow it, said the mathematical gymnastics in Elizabeth Warren plan are geared toward hiding the simple truth. It's impossible for Medicare all without taxing every class. It's just not (laughs) implementable. Even if you could get the tax laws passed, which... You can't. Can I mean, you imagine that? You're talking can. a major overhaul. Uh, oh, it's going to get done in four years. And how's that going to work? And you're going to... Uh, 158 hey, uh, million Americans. I'm sure doctors are going to um, love that. All right. Um, and then I guess the I guess the health insurance industries just shut their doors. Yeah. So, okay. And I did see this week, too, said her plan is going to cost $2 million in job losses, at least. $2 million job losses. $2 million job losses. Yeah. Um, so dollar. isn't that going to hurt companies? Um, so it's and, and again, she's banking that she can get her new wealth tax pass. You know, you know, we talked about the two, you know, Berkeley the acid, yeah, good luck with that. You know, um, and but she, you know, and and remember, you know, people were worried about you know the problem with it, and if she could constitutionally enact a wealth tax, um, which you know, Sixteenth Amendment may be a little bit uh, hurdle along the way. But let's say she does get over that. All right. Um, you know, a lot of people are worried about, well, Mark, why do I have to worry about that? She's talking about, you know, the billionaires or, you know, at least somebody with 50 million. That for ain't now. Me. For okay, now. Right. Some people think they're going to ratchet it down. <laughs> but, you know, but she's not even waiting to be elected to ratchet right. up. You know, she already ratcheted it up. She doubled down on the billionaire tax, on her wealth tax. So they probably said, uh, Elizabeth, like you said earlier, there's not enough, even if you right. do that. So remember, it was going to be a 3% tax on mm-hmm. the $1 billion or more right. net worth. This is a net worth. This is every year. She's taxing that, right? She doubled down. It's now 6%. Mm. Okay. So, okay, Um, if that's not enough, is she going to lower the bar then and capture more people? Uh, Are millionaires going to be involved? So, you know, don't get too, you know, uh, excited about, um, you know, when you hear that uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, if this isn't clear-cut socialism, I don't know what is, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the idea that, you know, like we all heard from a long, long time, you know, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of everybody's money. Right. Well, have you seen some of the ads where people grew up in socialist co- con- countries that are speaking out saying, you know, they're saying it's different and I, it's they are really it's different. But they were talking about, yeah, when you have to wait in line for eight hours for basic goods. I mean, they were talking yeah. about their life experience. And I thought, you know, just saying, wake up, America. We came to this country because it was not socialism. Right. And there's some good effective ads out there. All right. So let's talk about some positive things. I was going to so say we had a lot of economic data this week. So let's see. Well, you know, of course, jobs report. Um, everything looked great. I mean, you know, yeah. private payroll came in, you know, way ahead of consensus. You know, the so that that's good news. You know, one hundred twenty eight thousand. You know, uh, uh, compared to consensus of eighty five. Um, a lot of people were worried it would be low because of the GM strike, right? And so, and they said the GM strike was probably a forty five thousand dollar number. And it's not carry. You know, they don't really know. That's why everyone was really worried about this. Or not worried, right. but saying don't put a lot of attention to this because we don't know. It's not the GM strikers count as the uh, un- unemployed because they're striking. They're, right, you know, but they're not. It's the ancillary businesses. The, it's the other that people that, 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 that don't have any work to do if GM is not working. Right. Right? Um, so they really, it's a hard number. To, it was a hard number to gauge, you know, what, what the effect would be. It doesn't matter now because, you know, 128 is like, well, you know, plus an upper reversion of last month. You know, last month came in 136. They revised that to 180, right? Oh, that's a big um, jump. Unemployment rate, you know, ticked slightly up 3.6 from 3.5. 
Uh, average hourly earnings still, you know, point two, eh, you know, nothing to get excited about. But, you know, so, but, you know, good data there. We did have the third quarter GDP report come out. And uh, again, um, you know, 1.9. So, you know, again, we're trending below two. It's not anywhere near Trump's, you know, campaign promise of three to four percent. Right. Far cry from that. But it's not, you know, stall rate. You know, we're saying that maybe this country is stalling and, you know, you know, kind of go from there. I mean, the consumer spending is still way up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, consumers are, you know, now. But, you know, the idea is they're worried about the business spending. Right. You know, the government spending, business spending, consumer spending. Those are the three that go into right. it. Right. So we're worried about the business spending. That's what's dropped off. You know, manufacturing, you know, came out lower than, you know, so the business aren't spending. You know, they're worried about the trade deal. You know, you know, we're not going to have the, you know, the, the, the chili soybean truce. Right. Um, well, it's not going to be in Chile anymore. You know, the, you know, <laughs> you know Trump uh, team is saying it's still it's the, the phase one trade deal with China is still going to happen. And it's nothing more than a truce. It's not a it's not a major trade deal. China is not going to make a trade deal. Right. You know, until, you know, maybe if they see Trump win reelection, then maybe they'll do it or they may just wait out another four years. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, the truce is maybe all we need. Maybe to give some business confidence, they start spending. So the trick is if businesses can start picking up spending before the consumer spending uh, cracks, right, Carrie? Right. Then this, this longest expansion in U.S. history may be expanded longer, right? Um, you know, you know. but we already saw, you know, last week when your departure, Carrie, you know, yeah. I was talking a little bit about the Halloween, you know, spending, which is kind of like a barometer to the overall U.S., you know, consumer confidence level, right? Okay. And for the last few years, it's been trending nine, you know, nine billion or higher, right? Um, it's a lot of money spent on Halloween, yeah, right? Yeah, that is. But, you know, we're, we're seeing now that now that's, you know, but we see the trend reversing now. So, you know, it came in about 8.8. You know, last year that's was nine. a lot of the money. Year before, on... but that was 9.1. But, but that's a lot of okay. money. Maybe it's, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, maybe, you know, Larry Kudlow, you know, I heard him interviewed on Bloomberg on Friday. And, you know, I liked his uh, his summation of the job reports, the mood music is good. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know. Okay, I'm calming down a little bit now. Yeah. A little the mood music. Is this good? This is a good, good. My friend. He, he had an amazing I'll voice. Say it clear. Okay, thank you, Frank. All right. Um, so, you know, we, we saw that. The other thing, too, you know, we, we you know, the, the Federal Reserve, right, um, gave mm-hmm. us uh, the treat, right? Um, cut. Right. You know, and the, I think the stock market or the Wall Street had, you know, banked on another 25 uh, basis point. Right. Cut. They got it. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, but, uh, you know, what did, you know, Chairman Powell say that got some people kind of wondering, you know, consensus out, mixed, you know, mixed uh, uh, signals here about where they're going to the future. So maybe more on that later. Um, all right. Um, what else is going on, Carrie? Did you? All right. Um, third quarter earnings. That's the last thing I wanted to touch on, Carrie. Um so, you know, this is third quarter earnings season. And again, talking about positive things this week, I think the, the companies that beat certainly outnumbered the companies that missed. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that has been the trend, you know, for this third quarter reports. You know, not all company reporting is in, right? But I think it's a strong trend that most of the companies who have reported third quarter earnings are beating um, street estimates. You know? okay. okay, so who, um, so who missed? Maybe I'll start there this week, right? Gary? Okay. Um, well, Shell. Okay, so the oil. Well, you know, and and oil is very, you know volatile right you know what's going on with the oil wayfair is that okay. does that maybe show a consumer spending slowdown carrie if wayfair misses earnings um but the big one that raised uh, eyebrows was you know alphabet you know better you know better known as google right okay Alphabet. Uh, and so you know they missed and and that you know got some people worried but let's look about who beat Okay, and this list is impressive. Facebook, Apple, Lyft, Starbucks, GE, Kraft, Bristol Myers Squibb, um, Volkswagen, all beat. Okay. Okay, and so I've, you know, tw- twice as many on the beat list than I just gave you on the miss list. Right. So again, I think, um, I think, you know, it was overall a good, you know, and as, you know, Larry Kudlow said, I think the mood music is good. So what does that mean for you? Well, a couple of things um, that, you know, I want to talk about today is, you know, all right, so maybe the recession isn't, you know, starting tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Or even next year, okay? Or even maybe the following year. The question is, are you now in the camp that believes we'll never have a recession again? Okay. Um, now, I think, you know, a lot of people are. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, between that this Federal Reserve, you know, and the, and they're smart enough that they figured it out um, and they can, you know, manage the soft landing and, you know, be able to expand. You know, there's a, you know, everybody second guesses what the Federal Reserve does. And believe me, that's nothing new. <laughs> right. I mean, show me a point in history where uh, Wall Streeters weren't second guessing what the Federal Reserve was doing. Right. Or the president, for that matter. Um but the idea is, are there pretty smart people that run the feds? Absolutely. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, have they ever, but if you're not quite in that camp and you're still thinking that uh, you could or we could have a, a, a recession again, or the fact that it, no matter what our Federal Reserve does, the problem is global economic factors could bleed into the U.S. certainly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trade war, you know, being one of them, obviously. Um, so the idea is, oh, are, you know, do you still have time then to build your plan R? You know, we'll mm-hmm. talk about, you know, you, you know, are you doing those things? Are, you know, how do you protect yourself from the next recession or, you know, bear market crash? You know, both, let's say, typically 20, 25 percent decline in the stock market. Of course, you know, in 2008, the Great Recession, it was nearly a 50 percent decline in the S&P 500. That hurt. You know that right. that ruined a lot of retirement plans, Carrie. Right? Um, that 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 that's, that postponed a lot of people's retirements. Um, that cut out a lot of you know uh, riverboat cruises and people who are already retired or had recently retired. You know after the two thousand eight financial meltdown. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, some people never come back from that. Right. They're never going to get back. You know because they got so they they were so crushed by that they just gave up on the stock market and just said I'm never going to put my and money in the stock market in again. And they parked in cash CDs. Yeah, and that was in, and when you have you know low interest rate world that's not doing it, the job. Um, anyway, so you know, but the point is you know so maybe you still have time and and so what are you know again. What are simple things you can be doing to protect yourself and your family against? We're always talking about one, 
do your rebalancing, you know, um, you know, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. You know, some, some people are saying, well, maybe, you know, boy, now, now what's going to happen, Gary, now that we're at new time highs in, in, in the stock market, there's going to be people jumping in. And it's like, you know, isn't the first rule investing is you buy low and sell high and not right. sell high and, or, 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 instead of buying high? Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to buy low and sell high? Or, or But now we're excited because there's new, you know, the trade war is solved and, 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 and new S&P highs. And so we should be buying now. Mm, be careful about But the that. thing of it is, is what we do for our clients is we build a plan first to say what growth rate do they need and then kind come work with their existing investment advisor, if they're playing that role, we say this is how much fixed versus how much growth. This is how much what growth rate you need to be okay. So in many cases, people are taking on more risk than they need to. Right. Or those people that were scared in 2008 and had lost so much. We have a few people that will never go in the market. And that's okay because even with that little bit of interest rate they're getting, they're still never running out of money based on their yeah. spending. But you know what? They're they fine. And they can sleep at night. Yeah, and and they know that they'll be okay. And and that's part of it. In other words, that's why don't ask your neighbor what you know allocation they're running. Because um, they might not have the same spending plan as you do, or vice versa. You know, so and and so don't take on more risk than you need to be okay. Now the problem is the greed factor, right? Right, you get because excited. Because it's excited when you have double digit returns. Right. I mean, don't look now, but you know what? The S and P is up over twenty percent a year. You know, year to date. Um, right. Well, boy, I like it right. when that's happening. But at the same time, a lot of times those are the same individuals who are you know scared to death of the next market you know right. collapse. And it's like, well, you work out a plan there. Okay, so rebalance. You know, don't take on more risk and be okay. Secondly, build your cash reserve. All right, um, you know, and and you know, so you you know, you've got enough in the cash reserve that if the correction or bear market crash or recession does start happening, you don't have to postpone your river cruise. You don't have to, you know, not buy that new car you're planning on buying, or you could still retire um, and, 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 you know, when you were planning to, because you've got enough cash reserve to cover your spending gap, you know, and, and le- leaving your market positions time to recover. And in the meantime, while they're recovering, you're still collecting the dividend, which in the low interest rate world probably beats that, you know, uh, CD rate anyways. Um, now, the third thing is build your plan R, which just says, okay, don't make a knee-jerk reaction that says, okay, if we do have a, a recession in the next two to three years, um, does that substantially uh, you know, shorten the financial longevity of my plan? And, and, you know, and it's hard to do that in your head, right, especially in the complicated tax world. You know, it's hard to, you know, run 20, 25 years of, you know, financial, you know, modeling in your head. All right. Um, you know, we need the benefit of the programs that can crunch those numbers quickly right. and give us an idea of the pathway that we're going down. And, and really, we've... Um, designed our own plan and build it over many years and changing variables so we can change for those what if scenarios. And as much as planning is about knowing what you can spend, it also comes back to how do you create the income you need, especially when wages end and when you're working, it's how do you set things up and having 
different um, types of assets so that later on you can create income you need as tax efficiently as possible. We always talk about using opportunities and avoiding traps. And this is the time of year we're gearing up for, or we're in the middle now, of year-end planning. And that's for people working or who are retired saying, are there steps you can take between now and the end of the year that can take advantage of the current tax law changes that can impact your future taxes? Um, And there are things that people miss each and every year. And those are the things that we're looking at to make sure, um, because the tax cuts that we have now aren't permanent. And if you have IRAs, if you're taking minimum, if you want to look at Ross, if you're working and maybe you're not maxing out um, the 401k, how many people do we say, hey, have you... Um, you have the cash flow you need. Are you doing a spousal IRA and looking at things from very different angles to say, hey, can we lower your tax rate? Um, and for our clients, we have a whole process of doing that and, and questions that are asking. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And I wanted to mention there's a case I keep talking about every year that um, each year she's in a, and we have a few clients like this. She's a widow. She's been in a zero tax bracket. And each and every year, depending on what other things are taxed, if she's standard or some year she can itemize. Um, and looking at that, in the last eight years, she's been able to take money from an IRA or annuity, these tax qualified positions that normally she would pay tax on. Cumulatively, $50,000 over eight years that she's taken out and not paid a dime in taxes on. Right. And it's looking at each and every year how it stands alone and what things are hitting her tax return and working that out. So sometimes even, you know, each year, some years are higher, some years are lower, but cumulatively, that's a lot of money that you were, in theory, supposed to pay some taxes on that you don't have to because she's, we're looking at that for her. Right. Or some of you maybe want to max out the 10% or the 12 or the 22. It depends on your situation. Yeah, or the 0% long-term capital gains rate and the 0% and qualified And the Medicare B rates. premiums. And sometimes things hit your tax return, capital gains. We've had company or clients who have stocks in the company sold and they had or mutual and they had big capital gains they weren't expecting or something else hitting their tax return. Well, and you know, unexpected. Carrie, you don't have to, you know, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, long-term capital gains rates anymore because under Elizabeth Warren's plan, they're gone. Oh, I was going to say everybody's paying taxes on it. Yeah, she's she wants to eliminate the, the, oh, the lower say, long-term yeah. capital gains rate. That's gone. Okay, so she wants to tax every um, possibility. Yeah, and well, not only not only on your realized gains, Carrie. So there's no long-term capital gains rate, but you're going to be paying tax on your unrealized gains under Elizabeth Warren's plan. Oh, yeah. I don't think very many investors are going to like that. Now, she doesn't say what you can do with uh, unrealized losses, but certainly on your unrealized gains, you're going to have to be paying ordinary income tax rates on. You know, another thing that for year-end planning, a lot of people that are already taking minimum required distribution that are doing charitable distributions, especially in the old, under the own tax law, that you could itemize those charitable deductions and you're taking minimum, the qualified charitable distribution strategy is Carrie, a great do, do you have my note sheet here no, or what? I didn't I mean, know you were going to talk about it. I hope you do. But there are huge opportunities and you think you're going to be okay, but don't miss opportunities to get a better result. And we can do consultations by phone or in person. If we can't help you, we'll let you know and at least point you in the right direction. You can call the estate planning team at 440 239 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Yeah. So 
Carrie, kidding aside, I was going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what, you know, what do we at the estate planning team, you know, say that we're doing with our clients when we talk about year-end planning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because this is one of our busiest times of the year. Because as we get clients working with us, you know, after we build their plan A and their plan B mm-hmm. and maybe their plan R, then they get into the annual cycle, right? And mm-hmm. and saying and, and they start realizing how active planning can really improve their financial lives. You know, it's not being dormant, it's not being passive and just letting the chips fall where they lay, you know, may. It's the idea of saying be active, you know, um, and a lot of times we get that response after a client uh, has been working with us for a while. They say, gee, I never knew what questions I should have been asking my other advisors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, year in planning is certainly right down that pathway. Right. Um, so, you know, ask yourselves, are you doing this? you know, on an annual basis, consistent basis to try to, you know, come up with, you know, a a, a format or a a template that says, if I do this, if I have the discipline to do this year after year after year, although it may not be a huge benefit in any one year, like in your example, you look at the cumulative effects and and that may, you know what, that may buy uh, every, you know, riverboat cruise that you ever wanted to do in retirement. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, it's little things that sometimes matter, right, Carrie? So, so you know, one of the things that you know, if you're trying to do a, a template about what your year your end planning should be, you know, one is cash flow, right? And so mm-hmm. let's start there, um, because if the one thing our you know clients carry who are in retirement care about and during retirement, it's cash flow. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, you know, that's where you start. You know, are you looking, do you need to raise more cash by the end of the year? You know, because the idea is you want to, you know, you want to go in, you know, to, you know, next year without with an adequate, you know, cash balance. Right. Right. So you're, you're not worried about this over the holidays, you know, or into the new year. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. So now the second thing is, you, you know, your RMDs, you know, required mm-hmm. minimum distributions. Um, you know, you know, are you don't miss them. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk a lot about on this show. If you if, if you don't believe us, just go back into our listen to our podcast um, and carry, you know, tell the folks how you can get our podcast. But, you know, we've done shows. We a lot of times we talk about the required minimum distribution rules. And, you know, the idea is don't wait to age 70 before you start learning the required minimum distribution rules because you may mm-hmm. be missing a big opportunity. But also don't miss a required minimum distribution. Um, so, Carrie, how do they get the, uh, All the right. podcast? The podcast, just go to financialfoodforthought.com and click on podcast and it'll take you right to the WHK radio website and the link to right where our radio show is. And the local podcast. There you go. Um, and we have the good back shows. There's probably going back to the beginning of the year, if not further. Um, all right. So, you know, the RMD. So a lot of times what we're doing for our clients is we at this by this point in the year have got what we call the RMD cheat sheet. Which is a and this is especially important if you've got multiple IRA accounts or multiple tax mm-hmm. qualified plans, four hundred three Bs, four hundred one Ks, what have you, right? And if you and your spouse both have them, you know, so which, right. you know, so if you've got multiple of these tax qualified plans, the cheat sheet is even more important, especially if both of you are now at required minimum distribution age. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you have a list of all those accounts every year, and you know the first you know column in that list is, uh, you know, after the name of the plan is, by the way, what the custodian of that plan told you the required minimum distribution is for the year. 
Now, you can try to calculate it on your own, but just for fun or just to be careful, make sure you get make the custodian give you that number. Now, if you don't agree with the custodian's number, that's when you follow up. Right. Right. And this gets tricky, especially if you've changed custodians during the year. You know, don't forget, it's the custodian who's responsible for reporting the required minimum distribution to the government, you know, is the one that has custody of your assets on December 31st of the previous year. So if you had transferred custodians, switched investment accounts during the year, your new custodian isn't responsible for calculating that required minimum until the next year. You know, it's, it's remember, it's the custodian who had the custody at December 31st, right? Mm-hmm. So you get, so you list out, you know, you list out in the, you know, column one, all the required minimums. Then you say, okay, you know, where am I going to, you know, if they're, let's say they're all IRAs, right? Mm-hmm. You could say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to then, um, I'm, I'm going to commingle. I'm going to pick the ones I choose from. Right. Also, you know, you make sure that, you know, when you're doing that, you also, a second thing you're doing at year end is making sure you've got your tax safe harbors covered for estimated right. taxes. You know, are you following the previous year safe harbor? Are you following a current year safe harbor? See, what your what your account, your tax account or CPA might have put you back on in April with very limited data, you've got now 10 months of the year done. Hopefully, the surprise out of the way, you're in a much better position to say, Hey, should I be following the previous year's AR right. or the current year's AR? And do I need to adjust? Or were you just waiting and now when you do the required minimums at the end of the year, you know what withholding elections to make, right? Um, so, so you're working that up, okay? Um, now, the third thing is, um, you know, year in planning, we're saying, okay, is your cash reserve floor covered? You know, we talked about one of the things to protect yourself against a, a recession is do you have an adequate cash reserve? How is it getting low? Does it need to be built up? So now you're saying, okay, well, where do I want that to be? You and know, that varies from people all over the board. We have some people that aren't comfortable with 5000 in their bank account, and, and they consider they're fine with that. And other people... Have a hundred thousand. I mean, it's really also as right. much as it is building because some people don't know where to start, and we have a process of things to think about in building that cash reserve. It's also about peace of mind because some people like even a bigger cushion. Well, and, and and sometimes we can talk about well, what should my cash reserve be? Well, come right. into our consultation. We'll discuss that with you because you know the what, the plan I put together for your neighbor might not be your plan. But one of them is saying, okay, the idea of the cash reserve is, you know, to cover that spending gap. In other words, if you know what big ticket items are going to, you know, have to come that you've got built into your plan, you know, that you want to, you know, accomplish in the next couple of years and you know there's not enough, you know, fixed income coming in to cover right. those, you're going to take that out of your nest egg. That's that spending gap. We're saying, well, maybe you want, you know, 12 months or, you know, 18 months. Some of our clients go 24 months, quite honestly. And they want that in cash, you know, because they say, okay, now I have the flexibility. Ability, right. And right. the idea is you want that floor that maybe that creates their cash floor. You know, they don't want their cash going below a certain number. Uh, and so now, you know, the idea is if you're getting to the end of the year, you want to make sure your cash floor is set as you go into January. So you don't have to make a knee jerk reaction in the first six months, or at least the first until the next year's tax returns done. So you're in a better position. So by having starting every year with that adequate cash reserve gives you the peace of mind and flexibility that if anything comes up in the first few months, you just use your cash reserve. And then you don't worry about withholding taxes or anything. You just take out of the IRAs what you need, or if, if that, or you're saying, I'm not going to take out of the IRAs because the market's crashing. I'm just going to use my cash reserve. That's the flexibility. That's the power of planning. Mm-hmm. So now you're ready for what these things beyond your control are going to throw at you. And then you make your second half of the year decision, right? And then you do the process again. 
All right. So you have your cash reserve floor covered. Okay. Now let's say you've done all that and everything's good. You got enough cash flow for this year. Um, you've got your safe harbors cheat sheet. You know your, your safe right. harbors. Or I'm sorry. You got your RMD cheat sheet going. You mm-hmm. know exactly that you've got all that covered. And now you have that same list. So when the 1099Rs come in later in March, you can check them off and say, right. Did I get them all? Did I miss one? Did they? Did they? Because guess they, what? Sometimes they're wrong. Right. Sometimes and, they're missed. And this is especially true if you're doing qualified charitable distributions, because remember the 1099Rs do not indicate on them that the, that you executed a qualified charitable distribution. So you got to remember that. So on your cheat sheet, you remember say, Oh, my required minimum was ten thousand, but and this particular IRA, I did a five thousand dollar QCD. Well, that's your on your cheat yep. sheet because that's not on your 1099R. Do you know how many clients we've caught by reviewing this? Get me started, that they overpaid in taxes th- because yeah. they forgot to account for the QCD because maybe either they didn't put it in and they were just looking at the 1099Rs while they were inputting or they forgot to tell their tax preparer. Yeah. Or I think, you know, I think the IRS is going to have to force the custodians to in- have an indication code that uh, a, a qualified charitable distribution was executed. But that's another story. All right. Okay. So let's say you did that. You've got your RMD cheat sheet. Also, you got your safe harbors covered. You know how much withholding you're going to do on those final distributions. Your cash reserve floor is covered. You got the. You're going to have a right amount of cash starting in next year. Are you done yet? No. no. Now we know. Kind of. Now we go back and say, okay, where are you coming out on a current year tax performa? This is what we you know. We're working with a lot of our clients, CPAs, right now. We're calculating mm-hmm. this number and say, do you have room? Are you playing the tax limbo game? Do you have room in your current tax bracket? You had mentioned them earlier, Carrier, right? Which is your next threshold? The zero ones a, a no brainer, right? But some of these other ones and saying, okay, even though I don't need any money for anything else, I got my cash reserve, I got my spending, I got my safe harbors mm-hmm. covered. You may still want to trigger something before year-end, maybe a Roth conversion, maybe a, a QCD, or maybe just you want to build up your, your cash reserve, okay, you, you, you know, you go from there and you still may do that. So, you know, those are things that, you know, some of what we mean by year-end planning. All right. And take advantage of opportunities. Don't miss. You can call the estate planning team for a free consultation. Remember, um, we are accredited and fee-based or accredited member, um, of the Better Business Bureau and A-rated Super Service Award winners on Angie's List for multiple years. And we are an Ohio-registered, fee-based fiduciary planner. And we've been around more than 34 years helping people solve problems, save money, um, give people clarity on what they uh, should happen, and plan for life's um, contingencies. One of our philosophies is plan for the worst, hope for the best. And um, and know what you can do and put that um, those models into actionable steps. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or remember, you can visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Well, I think maybe Jerome Powell could have been singing this song. Because he's certainly doing it his way, right, Carrie? And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't know. Did you, people are questioning what he's doing. Information for the outlook as it assesses the appropriate path of the target range. That tells me you could go either way. Do you understand what he's talking about? Here? You came in and you used the word appropriate that the current rate is likely to remain appropriate, which means you're on hold. So how do I want to question from this? What is the Fed on hold? Believing what appropriate means. Are you on hold and need to be proved wrong that you should remain on hold? 
or is it really you could go either way here? Thank you. So we think that the current stance of policy is likely to remain appropriate, likely to remain appropriate, as long as incoming information about the economy is broadly consistent with our outlook, which is a positive one of moderate economic growth, strong labor market, and inflation moving close to 2%. That's, so that's what we're saying about that. We also say, of course, if developments emerge that cause a material reassessment, reassessment of that outlook, we would respond accordingly. So okay, so do you, he, that's a new term, Gary. Did you get yeah. that term? Material reassessment. What is that? It's different this time, Gary. Right. Um, I don't. That's what the big question is. You know what? What is he talking about now? What is a material reassessment? Um, you know, a, a, a lot of people were saying that this was a hawkish cut, meaning that even though they cut, they came out with hawkish language that says they're not going to cut any further. And you know, a lot of people are saying, "Well, does Paul know what he's talking about?" In, in other words, you know, so Bloomberg this week were asking all of their, you know, guest commentators in there. They're asking the same question. Do you know what a hawkish cut is? And one analyst, you know, didn't miss a beat, you know, when he dryly responded a mistake. And and, and <laughs> it was like so a, a lot of people, again, are not necessarily uh, in the camp that thinks that Jerome Powell is smart enough to, you know, manage this process without, you know, winding up in a, you know, a hard landing, which we either, you know, have a huge inflation, you know, you know, problem that, you know, tips into a U.S. recession. But a lot of people say, well, you know, until it starts happening. Yeah. And, you know, so you can look and so the idea again, you know, what are you going to do? Well, again, you maybe want to stick to your um, guns. You know, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. You know, we could talk about the stock market capitalization to the GDP right now, that ratio. You know, that's the Warren Buffett ratio, right? I mean, I mean, historically, I mean, right now, I think it's at about, what, 145%, meaning, you know, if you took all the, the market capitalization carry of the stocks and then you divide it by the GDP capitalization, you know, generally 100, you know, is, is okay. But if, if it's over 100, it starts, you know, the market historically has been overvalued. It's at 145 right now. I mean, historically, that would mean that uh, you're looking at a loss coming up in the next 12 months. But, Carrie, what? It's is- different this okay, time. Get us out of here. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation or for more information or visit our website, 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosion. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.